to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And guys, wow. Ooh, wow. The, uh, the NBA playoffs is, has begun and it's just exploded onto our TV sets. I know we have a lot to get through, so let's just not beat around the bush. As always, I'm Jerry Castillo and I'm joined by... I'm Daniel Huynh, uh, the, the Lakers. We, we had a ride last night. And joining me as well. A ride, truly, indeed. Uh, this playoff basketball has been amazing. I can't wait to discuss it on this episode. But you already know who it is. It's your boy, Really Real, Jarrell Sills. And you know what? Let's just get right into it because we have a lot of things to talk about. The Lakers, Daniel, you say they gave you a, say it again, a ride? It was a ride? Uh, a ride. It was, it was the fourth quarter um, it was a, it was what I call a, a butt clincher. Like I was holding on to my butt, you know, if you know what I mean. I don't, I don't think we do know what you mean. And I don't <laughs> want you to explain that one, but let's just talk. Let's stay on the, on the topic of the Lakers. All right. Yeah. Let's do that before we, you know, we, before this basketball podcast turns into something completely different pertaining to balls, but anyways, so the, the Lakers after a rough, a rough game one, which G you and I saw on Sunday, they lose 99 to 90, which it was an interesting battle. If you want to call it that, because the Lakers really fought, but it just showed like, it just seemed like they didn't have that. "Mm." They were like, eh, it's the first game. It's fine. We're the Lakers. We'll be fine. And obviously in game two, that's exactly what happened because LeBron and AD showed up in the uh, 109, 102 win. Obviously, you have to look at the you have to look at the main players, LeBron, AD, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and CP3. But in game two, it was all it was all the Lakers because all the damage is done by AD, LeBron, Andre Drummond, which you know is shocking, and Dennis Schroeder, which you know, after a poor game one showing, this is exactly the kind of this is what the the Lakers need moving forward. And so Thoughts on this series so far? Because as we know, Chris Paul, something's wrong with him yet again. And I don't know if it's just a CP3 curse or what, because wasn't he on a on a cover of a video game of an NBA 2K or NBA Live at some point? 2K. Not live. It was NBA 2K, 2K uh, 8. 8, right? Say. Yep. So the Madden curse is real, but only apparently for CP3 because every time he goes to the playoffs, something happens, and this time it's a bum shoulder. So thoughts on the series so far? Personally, I think this is a fantastic series. I'm hoping for a team to win. Everyone knows which team I'm hoping would win this series. But thoughts on the series so far? Uh, Deeply encouraged so far as a Laker fan. Look, uh, as far as game one goes, I was not surprised at all. Uh, G said it before in a previous podcast. uh, The Lakers are a veteran team. They're more akin to slow starts. Uh, We saw it last year in the bubble. Game one, game ones are usually a feel-all game for LeBron and and, and the teams he leads. Uh, Game two is going to be, in my opinion, game two, what we saw last night. I think that was the defining uh, game of the series. Uh, The Lakers had to respond, and boy, they did. Did you know? Did they? Even though we had a, even though the Lakers had a terrible fourth quarter, uh, we were the Lakers were much more aggressive on on defense and offense. We were the Lakers were doing what the Lakers should be doing. Like for you know, for most games, they were forcing turnovers on, on the opposing uh, opponent. Uh, Ad was you know he he played he played the hardest he can. 
Uh, that's what we definitely needed for him. LeBron James, I think he could have been more aggressive, but we got enough for him. The fact that Phoenix came back in the fourth quarter and the fact that LeBron and Lakers held their composure and came back uh, came back and, and took the win shows that it's it's going to be okay. I think Chris Paul's injury is going to be also serious to finding. That's, I think his injury, the right shoulder contusion, is going to be what gives the Lakers the edge going forward in this series. I think Phoenix has been better than I thought. Look, I f***ed them. I thought they were a false number two. They are indeed a talented team. Something needs to be done with DeAndre Ayton. Even though we have Anthony Davis, he's, let's face it, he's been feasting on on, our, on my Lakers in the paint. But I think the Lakers are going to win this series in five or six games. I say six. I could see Phoenix, Phoenix winning one more time, but I think the Lakers win in around five. Fair enough. G. A lot to unpack there for sure, um, but yeah, just just what Jared said. It's it's rust. It's uh, the passiveness that the Lakers have. Um, I mentioned it in a previous episode that uh, it's nothing to worry about. That first game, I know that Jared and I watched it on Sunday, and I, of course I'm gonna feel some type of way. But it's it's expected. We we've, we've noticed this last year. Lakers, like Daniel said, you know they start off slow. So as Lakers fans, don't get do, too down on them. I mean, you know Twitter, y'all go off on AD and KCP because when that happens, you see what happens, right? Um, but yeah, uh, I'm not too worried about LeBron right now. Um, he's getting close towards the end of his career as, as much as we don't want to talk about that. This is the time for players like Anthony Davis to be able to take over. Listen, bro, when LeBron is off the court, you have to initiate some type of offense, whether you're going to get buckets and get into the free throw line. You've seen he shot, what, 17 to 18 free throws last game. We need this to happen. Schroeder, you want to get paid big bucks, bro? You can't average 15 points in his playoffs. He, get, he got 24 last night. You got to do above and beyond your average to showcase why you deserve that contract. KCP's done it. And I understand he didn't take the shot last night when LeBron chewed him out. Take the shot. I need you to take the shot. He did other things, and that's why he was on the court. I had a conversation with my brother. Shout out to my brother when you're watching this episode. He was like, why didn't you throw Ben McLemore out there just to shoot? Because KCP, KCP plays defense. And if you notice in the fourth quarter, three times KCP has touched a ball that was a loose ball and gave us an extra possession or gave us control of the possession. Little things like that that was occurring not only with KCP but Kyle Kuzma – is what we need from players. I understand it's we, we, we talk about stats, but there's other things that, that contribute to the overall victory or the overall energy that is displayed with the Lakers. So I don't know. I think this, this series is, is going to do a good job with us figuring out what is going to be our go-to lineup because I've seen Frank Vogel throw out uh, THT out there, uh, Marcus Gasol. Um, he he kind of still is trying to figure out his lineup. So uh, we'll see for sure on this third third game what they're going to roll with. I kind of like Marcus all out there, especially just throwing a big body, uh, being able to stretch the floor for short, short spurts. Um, but Drummond did a, did a terrific job last game. And I think I need him to be a little bit more aware on a defensive end. Cause you can't keep leaving Deandre uh, Ayton open for wide open ducks, bro. Deandre Ayton's only missed two, two shots, field goals this series and all of his field goals have been dunks. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And um, go ahead, Daniel. Uh, sorry, I, I need to interject something here. Uh, I think this series, all in all, could be a great warm up for the Lakers because remember, they're the seventh seed. This is this Phoenix could be the hardest opponent they'll ever face up in this playoffs up until the finals. So whatever happens here is going to be a good warm up for what happens next. I think if they if it looks like the Lakers are going to indeed win this series, expect a much more explosive performance from the from the Lake Show in the second and Western Conference Finals. 
Interesting. So, you know, we're just going to really quickly here. So I'm curious, do you guys think that maybe the bench needs a little bit of run or a little bit of work? Because last game they only had, what, 13 points total? I mean, G, you mentioned how KCP was doing everything but scoring. So, you know, you see the numbers here. Mark Saul played 20 minutes. Kyle Kuzma played 20 minutes. Caruso played 19. And that's essentially the entire the entire thing. So do you expect the, the starters to score 95% of the buckets? Or do you want to see more scoring from them? Uh, I personally want more scoring from the bench. Uh, I mean, it's okay to have some, those nights are going to happen, but we're in the playoffs now. So we're going to need, we're going to like, you know, it's, it's fine if we can get away with it. Those nights happen, like I said before, but Kyle Kuzma and like the bench, you got to contribute somehow. Every point matters. So yeah, I, if I'm Frank Vogel, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let like, you know, Gasol, Kuzma, they're going to hear from me. That's just, that's not going to fly. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm expecting the bench to score a little bit more. Um, I think what's really missing here is Trez. Trez was a staple with the with the bench scoring, what can, can get you 10 points or more. It brought energy. And him not playing, Gasol is very passive. He, he wants to get others involved. He's not going to score more than three to six points because he's just going to shoot that flat-footed three-point shot there. Um, but it does. Um, but – I think how Frank Vogel does his lineups kind of it kind of allows us to get away with it. Dennis Schroeder plays without LeBron, you know, AD and Dennis Schroeder or, you know, what I'm saying so it just gives opportunity for them to score more. I'm expecting Dennis Schroeder to average close to 18 to 20 points throughout the playoffs. That's what I'm expecting him to do. Um, I think it has to be a collective effort. I'm not expecting Kuzma to go off for 20 points off the bench, but if he could get double digits, if you somehow can throw Ben McLemore in there for some spot up shooting, why not? Because THT is still young. Um, so yeah, uh, to answer your question, I kind of went on a tangent there, but to answer your question, yes, I was, I would like to, ex- ex- I was, I expect a collective effort from the bench to give us a little bit more punch, but I'm not expecting one person to do it. Right. Which makes sense because basketball is a team game and, you know, we're talking about the Lakers and how they're seemingly doing well. Well, let's talk about the other LA team, the Clippers, which Ooh, the they are, they are not playing well, and they're not playing like a team. So game one was pretty close. Okay, so game one was pretty close. Kawhi had the dunk of potentially the playoffs so far when he just detonated on Maxi Kleba. You know, Don't forget the screens. Teams. Yeah, the screens. <laughs> it didn't really do much because they still lost 113-103. And Luka was fantastic. He had a triple-double, 31-10 and 11. But in game two, it was a lot closer than than we would – I guess than we would think because personally I was thinking the Clippers would, would come out with like a chip on their shoulder saying, you know what? We lost home court. We're going to come out. We're going to destroy the Mavericks. Turns out the Mavericks again did something and just took the Clippers right out of their team game because, you know, Luca, he played well yet again, 39, seven and seven and Kawhi played fantastic 41, six and four, but Dallas again, pulled out the 127, 121 win. At this point, you got to wonder, what can the Clippers do? Down 0-2, they intentionally lost the last two games because they thought Dallas would be the easier matchup. And here they are facing an 0-2 deficit. And, you know, like I said, teams playing as a team wins games. Only PG and Kawhi are carrying the team, but they're getting nothing else. Luke Kennard has played zero minutes thus far. And in the last game, the starters, the rest of the starters combined for 14 total points. Now, 
Paul George, you gotta love his his friggin' confidence because he says there's no level of concern down 0-2 heading to Dallas. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> sure, yeah. Okay, thoughts. Thoughts. Just uh, <laughs> thoughts. I I don't know what to think about the series. This is one of those that's like, dude, really? You're down 0-2 and you you're saying, Oh, we're we're good, there's no level of concern. I think that's an issue. I really think that's an issue if there's no level of concern down O2. Pandemic P. Uh, this series is most likely 60 to 70% over for the Clippers. The season is is practically done. Look, I think the one of the big, I think the main reason why the Clippers are in this situation and they were in this situation last year is mostly because of mentality. What can the Clippers do? Clippers do? Actually give a shit. Look at the press conference last night. Paul George, is there's no need to worry. That's the problem. There's there's the the Clippers simply have a weak mentality. They're here because they're playing without any urgency. They're, and I think the biggest problem is, honestly, it's on Kawhi. Kawhi yeah, Kawhi Leonard's the best player, but he's not an effective leader. Think about the situations where he was in, in San Antonio and Toronto. I'm going to be honest with you. He actually wasn't really, in my mind, the leader of those teams. Popovich and Tim Duncan were the leaders in San Antonio. And Kyle Lowry in Toronto, that was actually his team, not Kawhi. Kawhi was just the best player. Yeah, I mean... As as far as going to the basketball, uh, actual basketball goes, yes, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, yes, pandemic P, he's actually been playing okay. Kawhi Leonard obviously had a monster night, but this team chokes under pressure. In game one, they let Dallas go on an eighteen and five run, and in, and the game was pretty close last night until the third quarter when Dallas blew it open. This and combined with their weak mentality is why people like Luca take advantage of them. So I mean, it's it's. It, it's a series of choking under pressure, um, partly bad coaching. Luke Kennard played zero minutes last night. That's on Ty Lue. That's on Ty Lue. And I don't think Rajon Rondo was utilized effectively either. So, and, 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 and most importantly, it goes back to intangibles and leadership. Kawhi Leonard simply does not have the personality to lead a championship contending team. That's why, hmm. that's why this season, they're practically done. It, it's Mavs in five but I would not be surprised if it's a sweep. The Clippers are an embarrassment. You so, heard it here first. Get the brooms <laughs> out for the strippers. Go ahead, Jerry. So going off of Daniel's point really quickly about how the Clippers mentality, they have this mentality of we're the best team in L.A., so we don't necessarily have to. This isn't me saying it. This is the Clippers. This is just from the, a mentality standpoint, right? Before you before you turn me a new one, G. But this is just like they're – they're kind of mindset, right? It's like, oh, we're the Clippers. We got Kawhi. We got PG. We got arguably two of the, the top 15 players in the league. Therefore, we're automatically good. I mean, it's it's a lot more than that. They have to, they're acting like they've won something, but they still have to earn it. They got chemistry issues. I mean, that's that's been two years now. We're, we're talking yes. about chemistry issues. But go ahead, G. Luca Magic, Luca Magic, Luca Magic. Luca. Get the LA strippers, man. Let's talk about Luca Magic because he's doing it. He's did it to him last year. He's doing it to him again. And he has Paul George at his mercy right now. I don't care if Paul George crossed over to KP. Did you see that one footer <laughs> three that he made? Luca made? Oh my God. How you, you feel what I'm saying? Like he out there, play, it's a playground for him. Like he is toying with the Clippers. This is a sweep. You heard it here for, first. Daniel said it. I'm saying it. Uh, I don't know about you, Jared, but I think the Mavericks got a chance to sweep the Clippers. Daniel hit the nail on the coffin. It's all a mentality. The Clippers do not have it. 
Um, he made some great, excellent points that I just want to highlight. Kawhi Leonard is not a leader in that sense that we are expecting him to be. And there's nobody else he can lean on. You think that Paul George is a leader? You see what he's done. I mean, he had that playoff run where he got the dunk on Birdman. I think that was in 14, right? 2014 against the Heat. But other than that, what has he done? He's been pandemic P his whole career. I don't understand, bro. Um, Yeah, it's it's not much to say. Like, I just want to point out what Luka is doing. Um, he's growing into his own. This is now it's reminding me a little bit more of LeBron James when he was 22 years old, uh, leading his team to the finals, uh, 2007. But um, Luca's not doing that here. But he's going. They're, they're going to beat the Clippers. The LA Strippers, you know, the chemistry not isn't it. there. Um, Luke Kennard got a Luau Dane contract, and then you're not playing him, and he's still young. Fifty-four million extension. <laughs> What the flood is really going on? I don't know. The Clippers always been weird. Go listen to some old uh, episodes. They're, the construction of their team, their squad is weird. They always get Lakers rejects. Um, I don't know what to say. It's just a whole bunch of the BS on the Clippers roster yeah. right now. And they're about to get swept. Say bye-bye you know, to Kawhi. You know what? I'm going to – I'm not going to play devil's advocate because I think the Mavs have this. But I will say it's not going to be a sweep. And for the sake of argument, I'm going to say that the Mavericks – win the series in anywhere between four to seven games. Come on, bro. Listen, no, it's not going to you, seven. For did the you sake see what Kawhi argument. has done? Kawhi had 40 points last night. Paul George still had like points. 20 plus. And they still lost, bro. Their best player. Like, what can... Nah, bro. Nah. I'm just saying, it's anywhere gonna, It's going to be anywhere between four and seven games, but the Mavericks win the series. <laughs> the Mavericks hey, win the series. Today. Yeah, man. Got to put some... Today. Got to put some energy into you know into our lives because it's been it's been a long week for all of us. But you know we love talking basketball, so here we are. But speaking of basketball, no one can deny that the Nuggets Blazers series is a lot better than we thought it would be because I personally thought that the Nuggets would just steamroll the Blazers, but they're not. They without are not Murray? without Murray. With the way that MP, with the way that MPJ was playing. I mean, that's what I thought, but then game one happened, and I'm like, oh, snap, because they got blown out in game one, and then the Nuggets did the blowing in game two because they won 128-119. Um, okay, so we know that Jokic is going to be the MVP. There's no doubt about that, right? Give yourself uh, you know, a round of applause if you called it. Pat yourself on the back. Do whatever you want because you're right, giving you the prop. But he's averaging 36 points on 61.7% shooting per stat muse. Like, we talked about it, like, we talked about it a lot. But the Nuggets go as Jokic goes. And if he's playing like this, I can see the Nuggets potentially making it to the Western Conference Finals just on the strength of Jokic alone. That dude is a magician with the, with the basketball. Interesting. Lakers, Nuggets, Conference Finals, maybe? Who knows, right? It, I'm just possible. I'm just saying. A rematch from uh, last year? Was it a rematch? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's going to be a rematch. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah. apart, a no offense to the Jazz, and we won't get to talk to them today because they're only, they've only played one game. But shout-out to Jordan Clarkson for winning sixth man of the year. But anyways. Yes, but, yeah, I mean, the – there's no other team that I can see in the West competing with the Nuggets Lakers. I hate to say that. So it's probably just going to be a collision course, even as banged up as the Nuggets are. But go ahead, you guys, talk about the series, talk about what makes you feel happy, what's up, whatever's on your mind. 
personally, I can see the series going either like either way. I I see the, I can see the series going into to seven games. I feel first of all that these two teams. I don't know if G's going to agree, but I feel like they're even on paper. Portland is no joke. They got they got they obviously have Damian Lillard. So I mean, a point guard. Uh, let's let's be fair. If he wasn't playing in Portland, he would be he'll be like you know hailed as you know a top three like top three point guard like among the ranks of staff. He is now, but if he wasn't a bigger market, it would be even an even bigger case. They can definitely shoot the ball. They got CJ. They got pieces like you know Norman Powell, Yusuf Nurkic. But the thing is, Nikola Jokic has been phenomenal um, scoring this series. He had 34 and 38 in game, games one and two, respectively. I, Nikola Jokic has been a monster all season. I think the biggest factor who's going to determine to win, who's going to determine who wins this series, is what guys like CJ McCollum and Michael Porter Jr. Uh, do. Michael Porter Jr., in my opinion, has been excellent in these first two games. Uh, and, you know, I just. Yes, CJ McCollum is a better player than Michael Porter Jr. at this moment, but I had this weird gut feeling that, you know, how just how good Nikola Jokic is, despite without, you know, he's carrying this team despite without Jamal Murray. If Jamal Murray was on this team right now, I think the Nuggets win this in six, but because he's not, it's a little even, but Jokic is weathering a storm. Nuggets in seven. I think it's going to be a close one, but Nuggets wins it, wins this close series in seven. It's a This is a true series where we're going to see right happen right now mm, interesting get dame some help that's what i have to say because this is a phenomenal player i don't care what team he's on he's top three in my opinion i i pick dame over Kyrie. i agree hmm. i pick dame over Kyrie. um and it's just sad to see say that like the like they're so this these two teams are so evenly matched and the only player that the nuggets are missing is zach collins and I understand. The Nuggets or the. I mean, the Trailblazers. The only pl- the only player that the Trailblazers are missing is Zach Collins. I understand that's a body, you know, that's your four. But comparably speaking, the Nuggets are missing Jamal Murray. That's the second option on this Nuggets team. Zach Collins is the seventh, eighth, maybe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So to see that the the Blazers are at like basically full capacity. They have the veterans. They have Robert Covington, Carmelo. You know, they have a solidified bench. You know, they, they have a squad to go up against the banged-up Nuggets that their second-best option is Michael Porter, and I mentioned this last week, is a step above Kyle Kuzma, in my opinion, as far as basketball IQ. You you see what he did uh, when they lost against the Trailblazers um, in the fourth quarter, just kept jacking up threes. Clank, clank, and it looks nice, but clank, 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 clank. Do something different, bro. Anyways, all that to say, this is going to be a great series. Um, unfortunately, Damian Lillard's team isn't good enough. Like, Jokic, and I, I thought about this when I watched the game. Jokic is putting up these amazing numbers, top three seed, MVP. Damian Lillard puts up these amazing numbers, doesn't even get put in the MVP consideration, and his team isn't a top team. And I'm not putting that all onto him, but – that's the difference there. Jokic is, and I think Damian Lillard is a su- superstar player as well, but I feel like Jokic is just having that much more of a better season and more mm-hmm. of an effect on his team overall that the Nuggets are going to win this. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a seven-game series because we've seen just in game game two uh, what happened. C.J. McCollum is folding under pressure. After C.J. McCollum, who can you rely on? Carmelo is a hit or miss. No offense. I love Carmelo. But other than that, who can you rely on? They got Norman Powell, and that's not what they needed. Unfortunately, like I don't see what difference he's making. He's not locking people down. Who mm-hmm. does he need to lock down on the Nuggets? You can't guard Michael Porter because he has five, six inches over you. So yeah. I don't know. I say Nuggets, Nuggets, and five or six. 
Yeah, I mean, I would agree, Nuggets in six, but you can't fault you know the Trailblazers for trying, right? Yeah, they tried to retool over the over the summer. Didn't necessarily work out because the injuries just piled on them throughout the entire season. They got normal Norman Powell, excuse me, and that necessarily hasn't gone well. I mean, not to the expectations because the dude was putting up buckets in Toronto. And then all of a sudden he goes here. It's like, eh, it's, it's not the same. And obviously there's some growing pains that come with being traded, but I just don't know what else the Blazers can do. I personally, I'd be really happy if the Blazers prove me wrong and win in seven. That's just me because I like to see Dame succeed, but with the way that the, the roster is constructed, I just don't see what happens because I don't see them with a particularly good path if they make it through the th- through to the first round, because after that, what happens? They play against who? The Lakers, maybe? Or whoever They'll get wins. bounced. Whoever they... If they make it to the second round, they're still going to lose. That's the main yeah. point. I, I mean, I just just feel like Joker has... Just puts Denver at the advantage here. Yeah, go ahead. And they, the Nuggets are missing a lot of injuries, now that I think about it. Will Barton and P.J. Dozier... But what I noticed was last game when Damian Lillard went off in the second quarter where he had, what, like, like six threes, seven threes? I think, like, eight threes, yeah. Eight threes, bro, went off. And I was like, man, I, I love this. Like, I want to see this more often past the first, second round. But then what happened second second half? They switched Aaron Gordon on him. And Aaron Gordon didn't lock him up, but Damian Lillard was not going off. And yeah. because the Nuggets have constructed their team and went out and got stuff that they needed – I think that's what's the difference here. And and uh, to Daniel's point, Jamal Murray on this squad, man, undoubtedly a un, uh, Western Conference uh, um, team, uh, Western Conference Finals um, team, they would have their, their bid for sure. So because the Nuggets have constructed their roster and they're able to switch and adjust, and that just gives all the praise to the coaches as well because that was a, a terrific switch that they did. Aaron Gordon mm-hmm. did a good job, even though he's not scoring because um, Michael Porter Jr. is taking all the freaking shots, but at least he can play some defense. Right. I mean, that's all you need, right? Proper adjustments, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh, just a peek behind the curtain here, because we are recording on a Wednesday, there's only been one game played between the Jazz and the Grizzlies. So just really, really quick thoughts before we move on to the Eastern Conference thoughts on the Jazz-Grizz series, because, you know, there was that drama with Donovan Mitchell not playing game one. And there have been rumors where people were saying that, oh, the reason why they didn't play him was because they expected to win game one. And they wanted to rest him. Well, it didn't happen because they lost 112-109. So thoughts on the series so far very, very quickly because we have not a lot of content to go off, but just really quickly thoughts on Jazz and Grizz. I think this is a, a fantastic series, not the most interesting in my opinion, but it is going to be a fascinating watch. Honestly, though, uh, it all depends on what happens with Donovan Mitchell, but I'm just going to... Uh, He's playing in game like, two. Okay, well... There you go. Uh, I see this. Um, I think Memphis has has some good young pieces. John Morant is one of my favorite young players in the league. Uh, you know, it's Trey Young is. I prefer Trey Young over him, but that's that's a whole never conversation. They have a lot of good pieces, young pieces, Dylan Brooks. But I just feel like this Utah Jazz team is significantly better. Um, Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell is one of the more underrated uh, star players in this league. He's also one of the better shooters in this in this league. They got Rudy Gobert. He's one, who's one of the better big men in this league and is a lockdown perennial defender. He's arguably a top three defender in this league. So, and they also have Quinn Snyder, in, who, in, in my personal estimation, is an underrated head coach. So I think 
despite all the whole mess with Donovan Mitchell, uh, I, I could see the Jazz winning this in five games. I just think that the Jazz are just a better squad here. Fair enough. I, I agree. Maybe five or six. I'm surprised you didn't you didn't call them a, a fake number one seed here. Uh, I, I have to they, agree they here, are. too. <laughs> I have to agree here, too. Uh, I just think the Jazz have a better constructed squad from uh, top player to bottom. Um, I think it's going to be – you guys say it's not exciting. I think it's going to be exciting because – of John ja Morant because of the young people, uh, young players on the on the Memphis Grizzlies. They finally got Jaron Jackson back. We haven't seen him play since his rookie year. Uh, <laughs> so I think that confidence that they got in this first uh, game is going to equate to some interesting basketball. I think they could sneak another game in, and I think the Jazz are going to win in six. But because of, you know, a lot of stuff that we're not seeing uh, that's happening in the back uh, within this organization with Donovan Mitchell – with Donovan Mitchell in the uh, Utah Jazz, that can be the demise of this squad, and I hope it isn't. But yeah, that can be that can be the demise at least for at least for one game that the Grizzlies can steal. So Jazz in six. Yeah, and hopefully no demise. But again, shout out to Jordan Clarkson because if there's one person that's going to keep this team afloat, it's him. He his 18 points was tops in the league especially coming off the bench for the best team in the West. And he's the first jazz player to win six man of the year. So shout out to Jordan Clarkson and shout out for being Filipino, man, making us proud. Just, uh, just play for the Philippines one time, because I bet you if he does play, because we've okay. Quick aside, like the Filipinos have wanted Jordan Clarkson to play for the Philippines for the longest time. He will, he went over to coach the Philippine national team in 2016, or I think 2016, 2017, but he never formally played. But I 100% think that if he goes to the Philippines, plays for the national team, he will destroy Japan, Taiwan, China, whatever other team is in the Asian FIBO area so that we can finally get to the damn Olympics because, damn it, man, we've never been there. But just hop on, Jordan Clarkson, go to the Philippines, make us proud, be, a, be a, an ambassador for the game. But anyways... You guys mentioned adjustments and switching over to the Eastern Conference. You guys got to love what adjustments Coach Budenholzer has done with the Bucks because right now the Bucks are up 2-0 against the Heat, and this is something I didn't expect. The Heat getting decimated in Game 2, 132-98. to 98. In the first half, I think it was like 71-30 to 30 or something like that, 70-40, to 40, something crazy like that. After I saw that, I was like, nope, I'm checking out. I'm sorry, but... Um, so speaking of things that don't really make sense prior to the playoffs, right? Jimmy Butler was like, okay, I am stupidly locked in. Well, the stupidly locked in Jimmy Butler is averaging 13 and a half points on 25% shooting from the field, 22.2% from three and 64% from the line. His minus 42 is the lowest on the heat per stat muse. So that being said, Thoughts on this series because I think this is done. This is done, dusted. Shout out to the Bucks, and you know what? I feel bad for from my Heat friends, for my friends that root for the Heat. Um, this not this is not the series that you guys expected. Victor Oladipo did not pan out because he's not even playing, and you know, this is not the the series that we thought it would be. So, thoughts? Absolutely. Um, sorry, absolutely agree with you, Jared. Uh, Personally, I thought this series was going to be much closer. I could have, you know, before you was. asked me. 
Yeah, yeah, game one was, but like beforehand, when you asked me, like, oh, I I could have saw this going to at least six games, but boy, was I wrong. I think this series is done in five. Uh, I think Miami is too proud of an organization to get swept, so I think they're gonna squeeze out one. Uh, the biggest problem is Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, you can't be doing that like in the playoffs, man. It's it's like you can't be averaging thirteen points. That's like um, this. You're the. To be fair, though, we're we're talking about adjustments. Giannis and PJ Tucker are doing a phenomenal job on jimmy butler yeah i mean i mean yeah that's that's that is true but the fact is like jimmy you got to average more than 13 points uh i'm not surprised at the same time this result the heat had a very you know wild ride last year in the playoffs uh and they came in they had the same issues with the lakers had like rust tiredness and jimmy you know like they were they were struggling throughout this whole season so it's it's not shocking, but I just felt like this this series should have been a lot closer. But the Heat are in trouble. Jim, I think Jimmy Butler is. I just get a feeling that he's toast for at least this year. So, bucks and five, bucks and five. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, we we still got we still got home games to go. So yeah, let's let's let's. It might still be close. We never know. Um, I'm not even tripping on the thirteen and a half points. I'm tripping on the shooting percentage. Twenty-five percent for Phil. Phil go range. Twenty-five. Get that right. Twenty-five percent. Twenty-two percent from three. Sixty-four. Shout out to Nintendo. Sixty-four from free throw. That's horrible. Jimmy Butler, you got to do better than that, man. You got to do better than that. But I will say the Bucks have proved me wrong. I did doubt them. I said that that struggle in Game One would prove something. Like, why are you struggling with the Heat? But I guess that was them. Um, Kind of feeling, playing the field, seeing what what the, what the Heat had, what kind of punch that they have, how many degrees were they bring into the game? Obviously none, because Jimmy Butler just all the fire is gone. Anyways, keep proving me wrong, Bucks. I'm a Giannis fan. I'm a Greek freak fan. So let's hope that they can continue to uh, feel this momentum and carry the success throughout the playoffs. That's my thoughts on the series. Oh, Bucks and five, Bucks and four. They're gonna the Heat gonna get swept. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Bucks in four to seven games, but you know what? I just want to, I just want to delve into your guys' brain really quickly then. So if you're Eric Spolstra, what do you do as a, as a way to change things up moving forward, looking forward to game three and game four, what do you do moving forward? Because you, you have this squad that is built to essentially keep up with the Bucks because the Bucks for all intents and purposes, they haven't, gotten too crazy good right i mean drew holiday is a difference maker sure but they still have the same guys more or less the bucks do so if you're eric spolster what do you do and you do anything personally personally if i'm eric spolster like i don't know what i would do honestly it's just like jimmy butler like like first of all like he, he, like jimmy butler and i would have a sit down and discuss like what's going on between uh, uh, with his performance and that's about like it like uh, lineup was i i'm not sure what can you do is i think the lineups they got now is the best they can give so me personally i would be mystified and i would just you know just try to rev up my team to, to just to just perform better that's that's in my opinion what all they could do right now 
Yeah, uh, Daniels keep hitting the nail on the coffin. That was the same question I was thinking of. What can you do? They can't do much. Who can you rely on? You can't. Jimmy Butler, uh, Tyler Hero, you know. What Hasn't played everybody. that much. I don't know we, what's going on with that. We hype, we hype them up, but, you know, it is what it is. Bam Adebayo is not a scoring presence like that, you know, more defense all around. Goran Dragic is probably still nursing that knee injury. Um, yeah, there's not much they can do. They, their squad is depleted. Uh, they had, it, it, the run was good while it lasted. So I had a complete 360 here from last episode to today, <laughs> but it is what it is. It's crazy to think that the bu- the Bucks, the Heat said no to a James Harden deal because Duncan Robinson and Tyler Friggin Hero was what the the Rockets were asking for, and they're like, no, we're gonna keep Tyler Hero because we got something there. And well, you mean he's averaged nice. less than fifteen minutes in the series and averaged less than ten points. I don't know what's going on. Maybe he's nursing an injury that we just don't know. But oh, that's rough, buddy. But. You know, we're talking about rough things. The Nets and Celtics series, it's rough, especially for the Celtics, because, you know, game one was kind of close, 104-93, thanks to KD, the Nets pulled away. KD had 32, Kyrie had 29, and James Harden had 21. You know, the Celtics had 22 from Tatum, but they were really missing Jalen Brown, and game two really solidified that because they got blown out 131-08. KD, Kyrie, and Harden combined for 61 points, with Joe Harris dropping an additional 25 no one played more than 29 minutes for the Nets. And the worrying thing is, Jason Tatum only had nine points before leaving the game after getting poked in the eye. So, is the series over? Just simply put, I think it is. There's nothing the Celtics can do. Evan Fournier, he was a good addition, but he wasn't the addition that they needed. Facts. Uh, bring out the brooms. Uh Beantown, your your season is over. You are hopelessly outgunned. Uh, to to kind of quote an MCU movie, The Avengers. Uh, Brooklyn has all the offensive firepower here. Uh, Jalen Brown being out really is obviously is going to devastate this team going into the playoffs. Jason Tatum is is a good player. You know, dropping fifty points the other the other day in the play in. I just it's like with you're the only guy. He doesn't have help right now. So it, it's it's it, he's basically literally a one man army going up against the Brooklyn Big Three. Uh, it, this is gonna this is gonna be a, a quick series. It's gonna be in. It's gonna be out. Uh, D- um, Danny Ainge, Jason Tatum, uh, Boston, the city of Boston, the state of Massachusetts. It's time to focus on next season. Uh, go out there and try to get a big. So sticking with the MCU theme here, really quickly, G. So. It reminds me of um, of that scene in Endgame, spoiler alert, when Captain America calls Thor's hammer or whatever, right? And he's, I, I think it was before or after this, but anyways, the point is, it's like Captain America going up against Thanos and he's about to face Thanos, but instead of everyone coming out from the circles, it's just him and he has to face the entire army. That's what I'm thinking Jason Tatum is feeling like because he has no help. Sorry, Kemba Walker. I mean, you're getting paid like a star, but you're not playing like a star. Hopefully that knee injury or whatever have you that was ailing, that was affecting him throughout the season gets better. But yeah, sorry, Celtics. But go ahead, G. Yeah, just that was a great analogy there. Uh, Absolutely. Um, The Celtics have been a disappointment all season long, and that's how they're going to end their season here. Uh, Danny Ainge hasn't made the right moves. You see Evan Fournier can get a big. Uh, Kimball Walker is looking like bootleg Kimball Walker right now. So I don't know, man. Blake. 
oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He, 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 he comes to the Celtics and forgets how to play basketball. But, um, yeah, I, it's a sweep. Damn. Well, I mean, the, the best thing you can do now is hope for at least one game so that this uh, – if they get any if they get any performance incentives, at least, regarding the playoffs, let's hope they do. It's kind of weird me, like, asking, like well, – anyways. But, yeah, I mean, this is – the the season the the Celtics season from hell continues, and they should have traded for Miles Turner when they had the chance. Just yeah. saying, that's one of those deals that's going to bite them. Look, looking down in the future, like man, we should have traded Gordon Hayward to the Pacers for Miles Turner, a big who actually fits our timeline and who would actually make our team better. But instead, we got Evan Fournier. No offense to him; he's a great player in his own right but just not what they were looking for. But we're talking about series that could be over. What about the 76ers Wizards? I know there's only been one game played, and the Sixers currently have a 1-0 edge because they pulled out 125-118. Thanks to Tobias Harris, yeah, Tobias Harris dropping 37, and B dropping 30, and Simmons having 15 rebounds and 15 assists. Meanwhile, <laughs> Bradley Beal had 33 points and 10 rebounds, while Russ had 16 points and 14 assists. Is this series over? Because... No matter what the Wizards do, they just don't have the firepower. They really don't. Uh, right. I just have no interest in this series at all. I'm just going to be Damn. up front with, with, with y'all, y'all. Um, sorry, Wiz- sorry, Wizards fans. Um, other than Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, compared to Philadelphia, your team is completely nothing. I think Philadelphia is just simply the better team in the, in the starting five, and did they, Philadelphia just has more depth than you. Also, Doc Rivers is, is a much better coach than Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks is, in my opinion, he's just a rebuilding coach. He's a coach you just rebuild your teams under. Uh, so uh, Philly, uh, I could see with Beal and Russ, look, I'm not going to underestimate the talent. They just don't really have guys around them. Uh, maybe they seek sneak one game, but I'm going 85% likely. Bring out the brooms. It, it's uh, Wizards, uh, you're going to get swept like you do each and every year. Wow. Hey, you just abolished the whole Wizards <laughs> fan base, the organization. We ain't going to have no Wizard fans listening to this podcast. But Until you're absolutely season. right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I think the biggest key thing here is Joel Embiid, bro. And I know Tobias, They gonna everybody's going to feast because Joel Embiid. The Wizards have nobody. That's barbecue chicken. You got Alex Lynn and Davis, Davis Bertans. Davis Bertans. And who's Daniel your Gafford. He's been a revelation Who? for them. He's Who? been a revelation for them. Who? We okay. talk about Joel Embiid. We talk about MVP Joel Embiid. We talk about, uh, come on. You said Daniel. Get, who is, he, what? Who is he stopping? Barbecue chicken. I'm talking about Memorial Day barbecue out in the park. Bring the whole family on. Y'all ain't got to pay for nothing. Barbecue chicken. He ain't stopping him. Damn. Only way the Wizards get a win is if Joel Embiid happens to get injured. Because it just seems like the 76ers just fall apart without him. Like, he is the driving force. Joel Embiid to the Sixers is what Nikola Jokic is to the Denver Nuggets. The year of the big man, Daniel. You'll love to see it. Yep. So, it's a sweep. Get the broom. It's a sweep. I'm going to say five in favor of the the 76ers. Westbrook is too prideful of a player to, to get swept. But, okay, quick question then. So... If Thomas Bryant and Denny Advia weren't lost to season-ending injuries, do you think the Wizards would have had a much better shot of at least making this a six-game series? No. 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 Okay. 
Barbecue right. chicken, bro. Nobody is guarding Joel Embiid. Thomas Bryant is ener- energy. I think he's 6'9". They probably try to give him an extra inch. It's barbecue chicken. It's not. And, and, and Avidad, what's his name? Denny Advio. Denny Advio. He was a rookie. That guy, he wasn't doing much. And I know this for yeah. a fact because I drafted him uh, <laughs> in my fantasy league, and he was a bust. So, yeah. I mean, he, he did well, right? He, he did well enough considering what was going on throughout the season. I mean, it sucks that he snapped his ankle. So hopefully he feels better soon. But, you know, it is what it is. Shout out to shout out to the Sixers. Hopefully you guys get that five game five game sweep or whatever. Gentleman sweep. But lastly here, we're talking about really interesting so Daniel, you said that the Wizards seventy sixers is a series that you don't really want to watch. Well what about the Hawks? It's bad TV. All right. What about the Hawks Knicks series then? Because I was, I was fantastically shocked by how well that game went. Because I thought it would be like, you know, two two kind of young teams just jacking up shots, not knowing what to do, and they're gonna be they're gonna be bad. But it wasn't really bad because Trey Young hit the game winning floater and gave the Hawks a 107-105 win in game one. Trey Young finished with 31 points and 10 assists. Alec Burks led the way. Alec Burks led the way for the Knicks with 27 points. And it's really interesting because a lot of people were saying, a lot of pundits after the game were saying that Julius Randle needs to adjust to playoff intensity because I think he shot like 5 of 20 or something like that for an abysmal point total across the board. And he wasn't the leader that he was in the regular season, at least game one speaking. So thoughts on the series? Because... Again, peek peek behind the curtain. The game is, I think, about to start as we're recording this. So we won't know what happens in game two, but I think the Knicks will bounce back because that's just how the Knicks are. But yeah, thoughts on the series? I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I think this series is going to seven games. These two teams, this you know, they're both young teams, and also I think they're evenly matched. Uh, the the thing is though, what I think the Hawks are going to win this series in seven, and I think the reason why the Hawks are going to win this series in seven is because of Trey Young. Trey Young from game one had a monstrous game one. Um, it's there. It, there's also this weird intensity of this series because it's the first playoff appearance in some time from New York. I think Trey Young is going to be, I think he's going to be key. I think he's going to be the MVP of the series in general. I It's going to be a close one. Um, I just think Trey Young, look, I've said before, the NBA is a superstar league and Trey Young, in my opinion, look, Luca is better than him, but I think Trey Young is a future superstar in this league. And that's why I think Trey Young is what gives the Hawks the edge, despite these two teams being even right now. Trey Young is going to nail for them. I think the Hawks win this thrilling series in seven games at the Garden. Hmm. All right. I'm just laughing. Like, I'm not laughing at your <laughs> points. Like, you made great points, but you just threw that Luka in there. I know I know why you threw it in there, because the whole draft and trading them and whatnot, but I just thought that was funny. Uh, I think this is an exciting uh, series because we got a villain. We have a bad guy on, <laughs> on our hands. I just saw a, ble- a Bleach Report um, – Alert that Trey Young he walked on walked on the court Madison Madison Square Garden and got booed. The fans are back, and Trey Young's yes. the bad guy, and his dad is in the in the stands. They've got videos of him crying because he just hit the game winner. There's so much emotion aside outside of the basketball uh, realm that's 
impacting this series. So I think this is going to be great. You got Melo, D. Rose. He does, doesn't change his facial expressions. <laughs> he has to guard Trey Young. Trey Young is 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 he's thriving in this in this in this scenario. So I think it's going to be a good series. Uh, like Daniel said, evenly matched. Um, I, I can see it going to seven. And only reason why I'm saying that is because I've been saying everybody's getting swept uh, aside from like one series going to game six. So I'm going to go game seven, game seven with this series. Cause I want it to go there. I want, and I want it to be like a close game and we're going to, a star is going to be born. It's going to be Trey young. It's going to be Julius Randle, or it might be a surpriser. It might be D Rose time to shine and just adding another iconic moment to his already illustrious career. So can't wait to see what happens out of the series. Yeah. For, for, I hate to say this, but for D Rose's sake, I'm going to take the Knicks in seven. At some point, the Hawks inexperience is going to is going to collapse on them. But I'd be again, I'd be happily glad to be wrong. I'd be I'd be glad to be wrong if it was the Hawks in seven instead, because this is a fantastic series. I hate to say that after all the that we've talked about the Knicks in the past, the Tom Thibodeau signing, everything that they've done. But this is good basketball. This is really good basketball. It's playoff intensity. It's it's like the '90s kind of style of, yeah. of basketball that I, pretty much all of us are used to. You know, the intensity, the last second shot, the I'm gonna get in your face and defend the hell out of you kind of basketball. Not the oh, I'm just and gonna pull from. Shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we needed that. We needed yeah. that. But really quickly though, I just I'm kind of curious to get your guys' take on this when. I think it was in the the first half after the first half ended between the Knicks and the Hawks. I I was seeing a lot of people say that Trey young should just play his game. He's not Stephen Curry. He will never be Stephen Curry. He's not Damian Lillard. He shouldn't try and shoot logo threes. He should just play as himself. And I just got, I want to take, I want to get your guys' take on that. Do you think that Trey young should play as himself instead of trying to emulate Steph instead of trying to emulate Dame? Because we looked at, how it went in the second half, and it went very well for him. This is a tricky question, but I'm going to lean towards the you know the people on social media here. I think everyone should be their own selves. It's just a fact of life. It's a rule of life in general. I think I think when people are their best, like you know when they're in their best form, they're usually acting like who they really are deep down. So in my opinion, yeah, I mean like. I think, I mean, th- those people on social media, they, they, you know, they have a point. Like, Trey Young should just be Trey Young, and he should be focused on being the best Trey Young as he can. I mean, it's good It's good to learn things from Dame and Steph, but at the end of the day, you're you. You're not them. Right. I disagree. Y'all, y'all must not know who Trey Young is. And listen, I talk, I bag on Trey Young. Y'all must not know who he is. Like, he wasn't doing this in college. Like, he didn't come in as a rookie pulling these shots off. Like, if you've seen the rookie versus sophomore challenge or USA versus world, like, he wasn't throwing those deep shots in, in, the, in the basket. There's a reason why they compare Trey Young to Curry because they're similar in the game. No, he's not Steph Curry. But there's some similarities there. And why is that? Trey Young is younger than both of those players. Younger. Trey Young is younger than both of those players that you listed. At least 10 years with Curry and about eight to nine with Dame Lillard. So technically, Trey Young's been growing up watching these players. So he's implementing parts of their game into his game. So to sit here and say that that's not him, ah, uh, now there's you gotta be wise about that. You gotta, you gotta feel it. I wouldn't say force those logo shots all the time, but that's a part of his game. He's been doing this ever since he entered the, into the league. So I'm gonna disagree with Twitter. It's it 
it's exciting basketball. You like to see the deep threes. But as long as you're winning, as long as you're getting the Ws, what 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 it what does it matter? You get excited when Damian Lillard shoots a logo three. We get excited when Curry shoots a logo three. Shoot, I'm not a I'm not a Warriors fan, but I still get goosebumps seeing Curry do it. So look, keep playing his game. His game is that he is a three point shooter. He is a scorer. He is a facilitator. And occasionally he's going to throw a, a, a deep three into the basket. And, you know, sometimes he makes it, sometimes he doesn't. But, you know, that's just the name of the game. And big shout out to Julius Randle for, for winning most improved player, averaging 24, 10 and six. The, uh, the baby Lakers are, they're doing things. I think, did you guys see that? What was it? Like a GQ photo that had Brandon Ingram, Lonzo. Hey, baby's no more. Yeah. Yep. Lonzo, uh, Randall and Clarkson. And they had like a thing where it listed out all their accomplishments. It was Lonzo, or was no, it like the G? D, I D- Lo, Ingram, Clarkson, and Randall. That's yeah. the GQ photo you're talking about. Yeah, Lonzo was somewhere else, probably recording rap music. But yeah, <laughs> it's crazy to see how much those those players have grown since they were drafted. I mean, I okay. Peek behind the curtain. Just full disclosure. I enjoyed watching those those kids play with the Lakers. I mean, that's the few, one of the few times I watched the Lakers, almost not religiously, but pretty pretty closely. Just watching those four guys and Larry Nance kind of grow. Shout out to Marcelo Hortis for for his leadership, I guess. But you know, it's great to see those guys moving up in the world, and potentially one of them might win a championship pretty soon. Who knows? But that being said, just a, a few more quick hitters here before we wrap things up. So we're talking about things that we like to watch. Well, things we like to watch out for is the fact that the WNBA is currently averaging 357,000 viewers across ABC, ESPN, ESPN, and ESPN2 through the first five games of the season. That's 74% up from last year and 45% up from 2019. Big strides, big strides. Shout out to the WNBA for getting all that for just getting the recognition they deserve. That's fantastic news. Fantastic yes, news. And here's a few more fantastic news points here. The NBA has formed a new entity called NBA Africa. It will conduct league operations in Africa with investors like Joachim Noah, Luol Deng, Grant Hill, Dikembe Mutombo, and Junior Bridgman per Shams. Now, since we're talking about uh, NBA Africa, it sh- I mean, I'd be remiss to remind you guys that J. Cole did play in Africa. But he's now retired. After three games, he said, you know what? I'm hanging him up. I'm the GOAT. And I think I saw it on Twitter. I couldn't find the actual point totals he had and all the numbers. But he had five points, I think three assists, and five rebounds in total. So he's living the life, man. He is living the life. But speaking of life, last thing here before we wrap things up. I hate to end on a down note, but... I just want to give some prayers out to Jonathan Tarks, uh, the, the Ringer's baseball writer. Fantastic stuff on the Ringer. If you, even if you're not into baseball, he just writes some really fantastic things. And I sent you guys the link to his um, to one of his most recent pieces where he talks about getting uh, diagnosed with an extremely rare form of cancer. Um, you know, he's he's only 33 years old, and he he has a one-year-old son and a wife that is just. It's it's a tough situation all around. I remember a few weeks ago we talked about that NBA ref that had that got diagnosed with cancer, and you know, as someone who's had family members with cancer, it's been it's it's something that really is 
you know, it affects everyone. It's devastating. And for him at 33 to be diagnosed with this extremely rare form of cancer too, you know, all you can do is really prayers up to him, hope for the best, you know, and just keep him, not necessarily keep him in your mind for, you know, your entire day, but just, you know, shoot some prayers out his way. Cause you know, I was, I don't remember the, the statistics, but I think his form of cancer, I think like fewer than 30% of people survive. So it's rough, man. But yeah, just, uh, just wanted to end it off there. Any, any final thoughts from you guys before we wrap things up? Condolences to his family. Um, you know, he's not, I'll never, I mean, well, okay. It's fine. I, I, I get the sentiment, but go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, best wishes to his family. No family should ever go through that. I mean, I just, you know, just letting him know that like, we're, we're, we're all behind, we're all behind you. I'm, I'm not uh, prayers up. Uh, I hope that uh, everything goes well, medication, all of this and all of that. Um, but yeah, so continue to enjoy life, laugh, not laughing at the situation, but just moments like that. Uh, but yeah, prayers up to him and his family. Yeah. And G perfect segue, enjoy life. And we really enjoy it if you don't forget to subscribe to the shooting bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice it really helps us out lastly make sure to follow us on at podcast bricks on twitter at shooting bricks podcast on instagram and at the shooting bricks podcast on youtube for all the news and the video of this episode of the shooting bricks podcast and as always i'm jerry castillo i'm daniel Huen. i just want to wish clippers fans good luck in joining me as well Playoff basketball is back, baby. Fans are back, baby. And the Shooting Breaks podcast ain't going nowhere. So tune in every week. And we'll see you on social media. Big shout out to everybody that's hopped on that Russell Westbrook reel on Instagram. Check it out. Let's get to 10,000 plays. But you already know who it is. It's your boy, Relly Real, Terrell Sales. And we will see you guys on social media and next week.